the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Hi, I'm Hugh Hewitt. Thank you for listening to the Town Hall Review Podcast, where we bring you the best voices on the stories and issues that matter. Our podcast is brought to you through partnership with the Pepperdine Graduate School of Public Policy and ADF, the Alliance Defending Freedom. Here's a piece I hope you will enjoy from my friend and colleague, Michael Medved. Uh, There were reports that are being denied by Rod Rosenstein, but it's the front page of the New York Times says that Rod Rosenstein was actually in the uh, thinking about trying to recruit cabinet members to invoke the 25th Amendment, claiming that President Trump was incapacitated and basically ending his presidency. Uh, You have written extensively in the Constitution today about the 25th Amendment, uh, what's wrong with it, what's right with it. Uh, is that a proper use of the 25th Amendment, if if that uh, was on the mind of the Deputy Attorney General? In my view, no. And uh, uh, Michael, as your audience knows, you and I are, are no Trumpists. Uh, there's a whole chapter, but he was elected president. Um, and uh, there's a whole chapter of the book uh, called the, uh, On the Vice Presidency Itself. It's called Nothing But Maybe Everything. And your audience needs to understand that, which is a line from John Adams, I am nothing, but I may be everything, uh, that everything in the 25th Amendment pivots not so much on the cabinet, um, because, but on the vice president himself. And only if the vice president comes forward and says the president is basically incapacitated can anything in the 25th Amendment's succession uh, provisions for incapacity uh, be triggered. The vice president has to be backed by the cabinet, uh, in the, and then ultimately if the president contests that by uh, the Congress. But unless the vice president puts himself forward and says, in effect, I'm, I'm taking over, commander, nothing can happen. And then here's the second key point. In the modern era, presidents pick their vice presidential, presidential candidates pick their vice presidential running mates. That wasn't reliably true until the middle of the 20th century. And even in the 20th century, Ike throws, um, uh, 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 um, excuse me, um, um, uh, Adlai Stevenson throws it open in, in 1956. Should it be Kefauver? Should it be Jack Kennedy? Um, but, but in the modern era, presidential candidates pick their running mates, and their running mates are highly unlikely to bite that hand that fed them unless there really is a problem, and it all pivots on Pence. And and by the way, the, the problem that the people who were drafting the 25th Amendment anticipated was not the idea that a president might be uh, ignorant or impulsive or emotionally unstable. They were looking at someone suffering from a stroke or a heart attack or, or being being unable to to function like Woodrow Wilson was for the end of his presidency. Isn't that more the idea? 
Well, they were worried about mental incapacity of a Wilsonian sort, but actually hard, harsh as it is to say, many people said, um, actually, although JFK died, the country dodged a bullet because suppose the bullet had only deranged his brain and not killed him. And one problem with mental incapacity is sometimes people aren't even aware of their own cognitive impairments. So I think they were worried about a president who was deeply compromised cognitively, but who couldn't even recognize that himself and in a nuclear world. Let's uh, let's go back for a moment to this confirmation process in the postscript to the book. You have uh, some suggestions that are fairly radical that could actually help us avoid the kind of mess that we're going through now that we also went through with uh, Justice Thomas in 1991. What should we do? So uh, I proposed actually an oversight committee uh, overseeing the president generally with a certain kind of structure. But you could imagine taking this proposal and applying it to the Senate Judiciary Committee itself. The proposal said there should at least be some Senate committees where uh, there are always an equal number of Republicans and Democrats, no matter who controls the presidency, which party, and no matter which party controls the Senate. Isn't isn't that true of the Ethics Committee? I was just about to say that is true of the Senate Ethics Committee, but no other committee, but you could extrapolate um, that to other committees. And then here are a couple of other reforms that I proposed. How should that committee be um, uh, chosen? You could imagine a system where the Democrats pick the Republicans on the committee, the Democratic caucus, and the Republican caucus picks the Democrats. So each side is trying to pick what they consider the most reasonable senators on the other side of the aisle. You could further imagine a committee where each half um, had subpoena power. Um, You didn't need to have a majority, which um, uh, would mean that, for example, in cases where there's unitary government, where the Senate is controlled by the same party, the presidency, the opposition party at least still have some oversight ability to try to pry loose information to make sure that the American people are really seeing what they want to see. Okay, so would would this... Radical suggestions, but, you know, we are living in a world of radical polarization. Would would this committee that you're anticipating, would that be for specifically looking at Supreme Court nominations or any judicial nominations? Well, I had proposed it for a presidential oversight, because the problem with presidential oversight is when there's divided government, that's all the, um, the Congress does is just have hearing after hearing after hearing and try to prevent the president from doing anything. But when there's unified government, uh, when the president's party controls the Senate, these congressional uh, watchdogs become lapdogs. And so I was trying to even things out a little bit. I proposed it for Senate Oversight Committee of the President, but you could imagine that we do it for the judiciary, and here's why you might imagine that we do that, because we live in, a, uh, so to speak, a nuclear world, not just uh, with nuclear weaponry, but the, the nuclear option. Today, for Supreme Court nominations, it only takes 51 votes, not 60, as it used to in an earlier era. Uh, now, what that may mean is um, th- that um, uh, this this may lead to sort of very uh, nasty, intense polarization um, when the majority party jams it down the minority party's throat, um, and when the president doesn't control the Senate, maybe uh, everything is blocked. That was the Garland situation. So how do we encourage um, the senators to have a little bit more bipartisanship, maybe having a committee that by tradition is 50-50? That might be one way of doing it. It's a radical change, um, it's, uh, uh, and I 
I hadn't, and even in the postscript, I didn't propose it for the Judiciary Committee because the postscript was penned on July 4th um, before the Kavanaugh nomination, much less the, the, the hearings, which have really been disheartening to uh, so many of us. Now, if you were to give, and we have only about 30 seconds left, a quick yes or no advice. Uh, do you think that the Democrats would be well advised if they gain control, say, of the House of Representatives to pursue impeachment? No. Uh, uh, presidents are picked um, nationally, um, and and uh, uh, presidency should be undone only if people in the president's own coalition. Okay. Uh, good for you. The book is called The Constitution Today. Uh, it's by Yale professor Akhil Reed Amar. Thanks for listening to the Town Hall Review. I want to talk to you for a moment about a group I've done work with for years, ADF, the Alliance Defending Freedom. You've seen how your freedom is under attack. Go to townhallreview.com to find out how you can join Alliance Defending Freedom to help ensure the opponents of freedom don't dictate your future. That's townhallreview.com. If you enjoy your podcast, take a moment, tell a friend to subscribe today. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.